Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk and Tea with Esha. I am so happy to be here with you again. I took uh, the last two weeks off because, as all things, when I notice that I need that time of nourishment for myself, learning how to listen to what I need, learning how to listen to my nervous system, learning how to listen to my body, has really become so crucial in me taking the time that I need and not feeling like I have to push myself to get something done or to produce something or to create something. And so as I arrive into this stage of my life, there's a softening that's happening. And that softening is happening with me being more respectful to my heart, to my body, and really just listening to what I need and not feeling the pressure to do or be something. So I took two weeks off just to be by myself because I felt like I really needed that time to just be still. And, and I'm glad that I did because a lot came through for me during those two weeks. So how are you? I hope you are doing well. I hope you're finding ease and flow within your life. I know that there's a lot of things going on on the world stage that we're all concerned. I've had a lot of my yoga students that are um, just feeling uh, very disarmed about everything that's going on and I'm reminding them to find center, find their center, uh, to come home to themselves. And it's the same advice I'm also giving to myself, uh, less news. Uh, I watch less news now because I realize that um, the news doesn't serve my nervous system well. And since my responsibility is towards my, my wellness, I now have to do those things that will provide me with a stable internal environment. That is my first responsibility to myself is how can I do those things that provides an, a stable internal environment? And so less news um, doesn't mean that I don't know what's going on in the world. I absolutely do. But I, I, I have choice as to what I'm going to allow to come into my internal environment. And I also have choice in how I'm going to choose to react. Um, and so if nothing else, the last four years of grief and PTSD has certainly um, shown me and has been such a wise teacher as to how I really need to be accountable for how I'm feeling and the things that I allow to produce negative um, energy within my internal environment. And so I, I tend not to watch too many negativity or to expose myself to too much negativity in terms of news. Um, and so, you know, as, as, you, as you notice and observe yourself, just notice what are some of the things that you can begin to do to diminish um, the wobble in your nervous system, as I like to call it. Um, so if you're feeling a lot of anxiety and uh, stress, um, anger, ask yourself, what am I doing that's given rise to this unstableness that I'm feeling? And then just cut that thing out or diminish it, right? Or, or reduce the frequency in, in which you are um, exposing yourself to things of that nature. So to, in today's podcast, um, we are going to talk about reimagining. 
And this term has been coming up for me uh, these last two weeks um, about how we could reimagine being, right? And so we've had these massive two years that have created such shifts, um, not just within us personally, but also externally in the world. And I do believe that when the universe gives us a massive universal collective nudge in this way, that we're also being asked to reimagine how to live, how to be, how to love, all of these things. So we're going to go there and talk a little bit about reimagining today. Um, so I'd like to start off with just a, a brief centering for us. My tea today is a buttermint tea. It's one of my favorite teas. Um, and so I'm going to just take a moment um, to settle into my body. And I want to invite you to do the same. Take a moment to settle into your body. So wherever you happen to be, be there fully now with all of your attention cast towards you. And please know that it's not a selfish act to bring yourself and to be priority in your life. If not you, then who will make you priority in your life? So bring all of your attention to yourself, to your body, to your breath. Eyes closed or open, but allow the gaze to be soft either way. Feel your body breathing in this present moment with you. Let your breath flow with ease through your nostrils. Inhaling this life-given energy, this prana, and exhaling what you no longer need in this moment to hold on to. So inhaling life, right? The in-breath represents life. The out-breath in a way represents death, right? The things that we no longer need or the things that are passing by. We can honor both of those things, giving ourselves permission to be in life and giving ourselves permission to release the things that are ending. So let the body relax a little deeper with each pass and exhale, the surrendering breath the exhalation, the invitation to move into letting go. So in some ways, as the body relaxes, you can imagine that it's the sand settling. And as you, the sand settles, that is your body, the water begins to clear, that is your mind. So water clearing and mind settling. Come into this this sense of pristineness of the present moment. And the present moment is not asking for anything. It just is. It just, just is. So no past, no future, just right now. And you could notice that as 
you're in this right now, how everything is fine, how you are well in right now. So I'm going to pick up my, my cup and I love the smell of mint. And it's so interesting with the, the way mint grows. It grows very wild and it's, it's very invasive. And yet the taste that it produces is simply a sublime taste. Mm, it's good, warms my insides. So my loves, let's get to it. I want to share a poem with you. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a poem junkie, if you haven't guessed that yet, right? I love poems, I write poems, and um, it just, it, it does something to me. It, it inspires me in a way that um, I don't get inspired just by reading other books sometimes. I, Poetry is such a, it touches the heart in, in, in a way that is, that is deep. It's hard for me to even put it into words, but um, when I write poetry, it, I become so inspired and I'm happy for the rest of the day, right? It, it's, it, that's how much it moves me, that it, it opens something inside of me. So this poem is called autobiography in five chapters and i it's in the book uh the tibetan book of living and dying by sogal renpoche um which is an amazing book by the way and i i recommend if you don't if you've never heard of it or you don't have it to make it part of your resource at home the tibetan book of living and dying it's a spiritual classic it's an international bestseller and it's, it's a must, I, I believe, um, for all of us who are living this path of human, of living this path of life, and also living this path of death, because that is just our reality in this body. And so the autobiography of, in five chapters goes like this. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I'm hopeless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. I walk down another street. And, and what the author says about this poem, the autobiography in five chapters, 
He says, the purpose of reflecting on death is to make a real change in the depths of our heart and to come to learn how to avoid the hole in the sidewalk and how to walk down another street. Often this will require a period of retreat and deep contemplation because only that can truly open our eyes to what we are doing with our lives. Ooh, wow. The poem never gets old for me. And the idea of avoiding the hole in the sidewalk and how to walk down another street is what reimagining is all about, right? And so we go through these life periods where we are torn apart sometimes. We struggle, we suffer. And through those experiences, we're being taught how to do it differently. And so the universe is constantly giving us nudges, right? It is, right? Take a moment to even just look back at your own life and and notice where you receive some of those nudges in your own lives, right? Unexpected change that happens. Those are nudges, and so we're constantly getting nudges from the universe to shift, transform, create a new, right? This is the universal nudge. And these nudges can come in the form of midlife crisis, right? It happens to all of us, right? Where the midlife crisis is representing this. And I just read this in um, uh, one of Brene Brown's uh, uh, older story, uh, Midlife Unraveling. And, and she calls it sort of like this the death of the old and the birth of the new, right? So there's this death of who we used to be in the first half of our life, right? Because the first half of our life is all about being liked. It's all about um, doing for other people. It's all about our status, our titles, our jobs. And when we enter into this midlife crisis, we begin to wake up. There's, there's something that's happening there because we realize, oh, it's time for me to enter into this hard space and to live the life I was meant to live, not the life that sh- I should have, I should live based on someone else's itinerary for us, right? So the nudges can come in the form of midlife crisis, death, death of a loved one, death of our own identities, our jobs, our homes, right? And it all, all of these things give rise to some kind of grief that we're going to experience. And that grief is going to give rise to some kind of suffering. And that suffering is going to give rise to some kind of unhappiness. And we hope eventually that that unhappiness that we begin to feel will give rise to us learning how to surrender which will allow us to reimagine a different way of being and living. So that's taking, that's walking down another street. That's the walking down another street, right? We keep falling into that same deep hole. And eventually we get to the place of, wait a minute, I don't have to suffer anymore. Why am I doing this? Why do I keep falling into the same hole? I've been there, right? 
I think we've all been there where we fall into the same hole over and over again until we realize that, oh, I have a choice. I don't have to keep falling into this same hole. I can actually take another route. And we do. And so that's what reimagining is, is this opportunity to go in a different direction with our lives and how we show up in life. So reimagining is asking us to look to a new way of doing things, of being. How can we rebuild, reconstruct after a crisis? So the flow of life resembles moving from order to disorder to reorder, right? And Richard Rohr has a book where he eloquently talks about this, right? And the book is titled Order, Disorder, Reorder. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. But each of those states places us in a different stage of our lives and produces a different fruit. For instance, order, for example, makes us feel good. We feel in control and it bears the fruit of happiness, like this sense of, oh, all is well in the world. All is well in my life. Things are going really great. There's order. I'm in control. And then the universe does this thing where it gives us a little nudge. And that nudge creates disorder. And disorder doesn't feel good. We feel a lack of control, which creates and bears the fruit of fear. All of a sudden, things no longer feel good. We're no longer happy. Unhappiness has entered into our domain. And then after a while, reorder happens. And reorder, on the other hand, feels hopeful, inspiring, and invites curiosity and joy back into the process. So reimagine a new way forward enables us to leave the old behind and allows us to enter into new territory, but approaching both with compassion, non-judgment, a sense of ease. Reimagining also invites us into the heart to create from the place of love and compassion. And so this waking up happens to us. We become awakened where we begin to see with different eyes and different lenses and different perspectives. And we begin to come into the life, begin to come into life with a a broader sense of heart expansion, where we're able to tap into our creative center and see how to create in a bold, courageous way where we can honor the fragileness of being human, our vulnerabilities, but not looking at those things as a weakness, but as really our superpower. We can then reimagine how we want to love live. We can reimagine the image and perspective of suffering. We can reimagine the image and perspective of grief. We can reimagine relationships and the nature of relationships. 
the relationships we have with ourselves and the relationships we have with others who are not like us. And so we, we want to live in a world that feels safe. We want to feel secure. We want to feel happy. And yet all of those things start with the individual. It starts with us, right? And so when we can move into a mature way of being a human being, right? What does it mean to be a mature human being? One of the first things that come to me is that, oh, I'm responsible for my own happiness. And I know not many are ready to receive that, but until we're ready to receive that, we're going to be embroiled in even more suffering because there will always be someone else to blame for our unhappiness. And we don't take responsibility for it. So reimagine helps us to explore a new path less traveled, and that's the path of the awakened heart. the awakened heart, that we have the outrageous courage to say yes to this life that is so fragile. And yet that fragility also allows us to enter into the domain of unconditional love because we know, we know once we have experienced the fragileness of this humanity that we're all just doing the best that we can. We can reimagine saying yes, to all of life, not just the good things, right? And so we, we want to put the good things on a pedestal and we want to, you know, stiff arm the things that don't feel good, but those things belong as well. They're also part of being human. <laughs> and so in order for us to see life as a sacred ritual, as it really is, we need to invite all the other pieces that were stiff arming and to know that it all belongs. So what are you reimagining for yourself? 2022, we're in a new year. What is old? What has died inside of you in your life? Are you still holding on to those things because it's what you know, what feels normal? But are you being called to reimagine a different way of living and being? What are you being called to reimagine in your life? So I'm asking myself the same question, right? And I think this is why, you know, I had to take off those two weeks because I had to have a pause for myself. And now I have some clarity for myself. Reimagine in a different way forward. And it's not like it has to look completely different, right? Like you have to 
uproot everything in your life. But start in the small, small places. Let's begin there. Reimagine who you want to be. What does that look like? Reimagine how you want to treat yourself. What does that look like? Reimagine how you want to treat other people. What does that look like? So we start with us first. We start with ourselves first, and then we then we extend it out. Maybe at some point you begin to reimagine what you really want to do with your life, right? Maybe you begin to take a risk and to go write that book. To go paint that masterpiece. Whatever it may be. But reimagining a new way forward. And as I say this, I feel it in my heart for us, not just for myself, but for us, because we, as human beings, there's a, we're going through a massive shift and awakening. And we, my loves, we are being called to reimagine how to be humans. And it brings tears to my eyes because I have children, 20 and 22, I don't want to reimagine a world for them where they can soar. And right now, they feel as if we're leaving behind a crapshoot for them. How could we reimagine a world where our children can soar, can fly, can, can thrive? So how can we get out from behind these old archaic ideologies, beliefs that we carry that's actually destroying our world and even destroying us personally on a personal level? So my challenge to myself and, and to all of us is how can we reimagine doing this better? doing this, this living on this planet better? How could we reimagine making our mother earth the most beautiful, pristine place ever? We're not just the two-legged can thrive and survive, but the four-legged, the creepy cross, all of, all of God's creatures. It's not just about us. It's not just about us. And yes, I'm getting quite emotional about it because my heart feels the sting and the ache of everything that happens in our world. What happens to one happens to all. And I have my part to do and you have your part to do. And we must all stand up and do our parts and not be afraid. This is our calling. We're being called to stand up and not look the other way. Not look the other way in our personal lives, 
and not look the other way when we see things, the injustices in the world. But we have to start with ourselves and reimagine in our own personal lives the way forward towards love, not fear. So that's the challenge I'm, I'm, I'm placing out there for us, for you, for me, for our world. So our, our children and their children can have a place where they can dream again, they can thrive, and it can live together. So thank you so much for being with me, for sharing yourself with me. Please know how much I appreciate your time to just sit and just listen, right? Time is precious. So I, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for that. May you be well. May you be blessed. May you be safe. May health be yours. May you be at peace. And may you walk the earth with ease. Many blessings to you, my love. Until next week. Namaste.